0: man, this was just too good for me to not put it on the Just Do the Damn Thing podcast. And I was like, oh, can we do it? And the answer is yes. I had an opportunity to speak to one of our strong members and strong as one of our programs. And for me, I, I just kind of believe firmly that in the conversation of doing the damn thing or not, we have to have a focus that's daily, even if it's small, on making ourselves stronger. So we have a program called Strong, and one of uh, the amazing members that's there, they had access to what's called a tutoring session. And what's cool is that I got to—I started the conversation, and and it started soft. And then, like what's happened to me many times before, Kenneth began to give me some of the life cards that have been presented to him in the last 10 days, two weeks— 30 days, 60 days as to why he's been silent, why he's kind of taken that position. And the truth is that I felt for him, but I, I saw it as an opportunity because it's, I I have been in that place so many times. And I know that you've been in this place before where shit feels like it is going haywire all over the place to your left, to your right. You feel like you're on a sinking ship, and like everything that can go wrong is going wrong and things don't seem to be getting Better, They're getting worse no matter how much you're showing up, how much how much you're praying, and you're like, man, I need a break. I need no more life cards handed to me for just a moment. I promise you, in the spirit of doing the damn thing, especially with where the world is right now, trust me when I say this is not going to be one you want to miss. It's going to be a little bit longer because you're going to hear me as I am sharing with you um, some audio from literally the last couple of days, but I know it's going to be good. It's going to be juicy. I'd love to know what you think about it. And more importantly, where are you in a space where life is handing you life cards and you just don't know where or what to do next? Tune in to another dope episode of Just Do The Damn Thing. Kenneth and I were in the midst of a tutoring session and I said to myself, you know, it's so easy sometimes to, to think to ourselves that we're in this space that no one else is in. And the truth is that I know for sure that each and every one of us are always on the same page in more ways than we know. Now, life is going to hand us life cards and we absolutely have to respond to it. Like, that's a fact, right? And Kenneth, you and I both agree. Like, we have to respond to them. We can't right. ignore these life cards. But Kenneth and I were in the middle of a tutoring session. I said, this is totally going to help someone else. And I also said, I know that Kenneth has a done is better than perfect fear. And he had no idea I was going to go live and me, no makeup and all. I said, great, that's the perfect time. And it is when it is. Now, here's what's real. Let me ask you this. So you have a lab partner. How many times have you reached out to your lab partner? We're every day at three o'clock. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. And do they know everything that we just talked about? I'm not going to talk about it yet. But do they know? Everything <laughs> we talked about? No. Not. No. Not all. All the details. Not maybe fifty percent. Um. You see, you're not even sure about that. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not fifty percent. But but maybe fifty percent. Maybe. 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 But maybe. maybe is no. Okay. So that we're both on the same page. Maybe is no. So here's what's real. We have resources and people around us who either want to help, can help, care to help, but yet we don't do it. Hey there, Karen, how you doing? So we don't do it because let's tag. So I'm going to tag. Who are your lab partners? Carmen. Carmen and Tani. And Tani. Okay, great. So we have these lab partners. This is your lab partner. We have resources around us. We allow our fears and insecurity to sit in the center of it. And then we really don't actually, we don't get what we need. You know how many times I allowed this same concept to hold me back? I can't tell you how many times I'd be in the room with people who were making millions of dollars or who had figured out how to hire 50 people. And I'd be sitting there like burning with questions and like, you get what I'm saying? Like, burning. Because mm-hmm. I really didn't know. I didn't know how you right. did that. Like, I, like it, you know, like, I, I didn't know it because I didn't have the experience. But I was like, well, should they know how to do it. But then I would allow my insecurities and my fears to get the best of me. And I would hold myself. I would sit there. I would, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> instead of, for sure. Like, I would I would 100% be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'd be like taking my note, you know, and, and you know, like, you know, like, like I was writing the it of a lifetime when the truth is that inside I was actually drowning. Inside I was legit going, I really don't understand 20, 30, 40, 50% of this, let alone all of it. My fears and insecurities were sitting right around me. Now I can think back to many times and no one actually said, Tiffany, don't ask a question because we're going to say you're dumb mm-hmm. or we're going to say you're stupid. Like no one actually told me that. And if right. someone made me feel that not all 40 people, Right. does that make sense? What I just said? Exactly. Yeah. So like, let's say there were 25 people, 30 people in the room. Okay. Maybe two of them did make me feel like I was stupid because I was black and I was a woman. Okay. That's fair but the fact is the other 28 did not the 20 i didn't have actual proof i made myself believe that these people were holding me back i made myself believe that they had put up walls i made myself believe that all 30 people would say nope <laughs> absolutely not we don't care enough we don't we don't want to help enough like and we're not going to answer all your questions yeah. You know, it is, I look back over the years, and, and no lie, like this is the number one thing that I say I wish I had done differently. This is the place of regrets. If I had to regret something, it was not asking for help sooner. Because I suffered in silence. You have to understand, like, I'm in Miami, Florida. I have these two kids. My husband is secretly abusing me. I'm on the, I'm on the downside of this abuse. Because I had gotten some sense in my head, but I was still married and I still slept with him in the same house, respectively, when he was around. And so I, for sure, would, would be like, I don't want anyone to know how bad it is at home. I don't want anyone to know that, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want people. So I would go at lengths to hide. I would go at lengths to hide my world. I wasn't making a hundred thousand dollars, but I for sure was making about four thousand, maybe four, forty five hundred, and I was making it consistently, plus or minus a thousand. I hadn't quite hit seventy five hundred yet ever, but I was knocking on a lot of doors and what was happening in my life card was that when I got home it was a shit show. It was like arguing and breaking shit from like 7 p.m. to like the next morning was like I was in a war zone like this. Ah, ah, and it was crazy at home, hovering over my kids, barricading us. Like it was always dramatic. And I had normalized it in my head because you are, you go through something enough. You, 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 you learn to suffer and limp along and it becomes normal for you. So it was normal for me to go like this when he was there. When he wasn't there was when I had my peace of mind, even though it was a whole nother set of problems, right? Where is he? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. The rent can't be paid. I can't pay all these bills. When I, when I started asking for help, it was more of, I didn't go, hi, I need help. I had a person who I was working in proximity with. And on this day, He was in proximity. And what that means is we are physically in the same space and he was going to show me how to do something at an account, at a type of a business. And I'll never forget it. We were in the car. Now, before I would hide the phone calls that would come because my ex-husband would call me on redial. Some days he would just lose it and he would call me on redial. This particular day, I'm in the car. It's quiet. The windows are all up. And he calls me on redial. I mean, he calls me and I start declining the call because it's you know it's quiet in this place and i know that if i pick up a phone you get it it's gonna be dramatic i decline it like 15 times and like on time 16 i'm thinking to myself if i if i keep declining it like i'm hiding like now i'm hiding Mm -hmm. he can see that i'm hiding like it's a it's a thing Mm -hmm. finally i pick up the phone and i can remember it like it was yesterday because i was like hello hi this is tiffany how you doing and it was yelling and cussing and blah, blah, blah. Like he he lost something. It was something so simple and stupid. But he was losing it, and I was trying not to break down, I think, in tears and in the, this front seat. And I'll never forget hanging up the phone, and it's quiet. So normally, I would make a bunch of excuses. Normally, I'd be like, oh, you know what? That's such and such and such and such. And, it, you know, like, I, I, I'd already have, like, a story to rub on the top of this thing. Right. But, you know, it was the first day for me where I felt like I just can't do it. Like, I literally just sat there in the passenger seat, and we drove. We were driving on US one in Miami. And I was like, I literally cannot do it. I can't. I can't do this. And he looks, at, I can see that he's looking at me, and I'm avoiding the look. And then finally, he just says these words to me. He says something like, I just want you to know that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it caught me by surprise. He didn't ask me a question. He didn't say, hey, let me da 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 He was like, hey, I want you to know that that's not normal. Then he made another statement. He's like, you shouldn't be treated like that. And in this moment, it was like the first time someone had ever just said, that's wrong you shouldn't. No one else in my life had said anything like that to me. So I had been conditioned to not ask for help because in the midst of me dealing with this, I still had to have answers for other people, especially the children I was raising. In this, what I remember, like there's no tomorrow, is that there was a moment where I wanted to retreat with you don't understand, you don't know, whatever, whatever conditioning I had, but at that moment I was like, Wow. I said nothing. Instead of going to the account, we stop somewhere in Coconut Grove and we get off the car and it's like a farmer's market type place. And he goes, oh, I need to grab something for myself for lunch. You can grab something if you want. It's very informal, very like this to me. And I'm wandering around this farmer's market and I pick something up and he's like, hey, why don't we sit down? And we sit and he says, that's not normal. And I'll never forget. I, I realized I had a decision. Do I open my mouth and say, this person doesn't know me? They don't really care. Their life is not my life. You get it? Like, I mm-hmm. all feel like yeah. in my mind in this moment, I was so sure that I was going to say it. It was going to fall in deaf ears. And, but what ended up happening changed my life. I mildly said, I just don't even know how to deal with it. I don't even understand. I don't even know. I don't. And I walked down this half-baked, parable-type talking because we are not close. You get it? It's not like we're uh. homies. We're, he's just a person. We're in the same kind of work environment, if you will. And mm. I'm saying to myself, well, I need to ask for help for somebody. Like, like, I actually, at that day thought I was losing my mind. My willingness to ask for help changed my whole life. And it was my, even though I wasn't comfortable going. Oh, and all of this is happening, and let me lay it out for you, and blah 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 blah. That decision was not about him hearing; is about me asking. Mm-hmm. Teaching yourself to ask for help and teaching yourself to just talk and teaching yourself to be open is a practice. It's literally at the baseline of getting stronger. I had been turned down so many times before by the church by pastors, by pastors' wives, by past, by church counselors for the same thing that I had already said. Well, either no one cares or it's dumb when I say it. You get it? Like, I already okay. said, like, this is dumb because I have spent years. I didn't figure everything out, but I got myself into some place of at least not jumping off of a bridge because that's where okay. I wasn't at that moment, which I was before. I was like, I may not want to live for me, but I'll live for these two humans. And that's where I was. Now, I'm sharing this with you because our own willingness to get stronger is a, is like it's like no one else can help us with it. I had to be willing to ask for, to say something and then I had to be willing <laughs> to ask for help. My statement, my only statement was I don't know what to do. I need help. And I think about that all the time because I, I questioned myself, like, why this person not my best friend? Why didn't I go and sit at her doorstep and ask her? She was nice. She loved me. She had a job. You know, like, there were a few, maybe three or four other people, but I didn't. That person who said, I'm here, they weren't like, please, Tiffany, but they made it clear that I'm here. We, the holding on to two things. One, my inability to commit to the concept that I needed help and that I needed to be vulnerable in order to get it. I need help and I have to be vulnerable to get it. I can't just need help and then not be vulnerable and expect to get it. It's like, man, that concept was like, whoa, I got to be vulnerable because cultural wise, we don't do that. And as a black woman, you just take it. And at that point, it was like, if I don't get help, I'm going to die. Mentally, spiritually, you call it, emotionally, you know, whatever, financially. And I can't do that. The appearance, I realized how dangerous it was for me to always have to be strong. And how dangerous it was for me to pretend that I had all the answers. Because then I never allowed for room for the answers to actually come because I'd be like, I have all the answers universe. Let me just put this. I have all the answers. So nope. Let me block you here, 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 here. Don't send me answers and people don't (laughs) you send me that. Don't you do it. I have all the answers. See, watch me pop my collar. I got the answers. See how I dress today. See how I'm sitting today. See how I showed up on that call. See how I responded to this person? I see. I've got all the answers. You see how I talked to my mom? You saw how that call went? Until everything was great. Absolutely. I allowed these lies to manifest. I allowed these lies to continue. I allowed it. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. Or yeah, you know, things are getting better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm working on some stuff. Yeah, I got them figured out, blah 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 blah. Um mm-d-m-m-mm. And then before I know it, the universe is like, oh, okay. So you got everything figured out. Oh, you're good. Oh, you're, you're good for real. Oh, <laughs> I don't need to send you help. You don't need no angels. You don't need any of that stuff. Let me send it over to Bertha who's begging. She's begging. You don't need nothing. You just told me twice, two, three, four, five, six times that you're good. You're already strong. Instead of, instead of what I thought, which was it looked like you were struggling, It looked like you were having some problems, but your words and your actions right now, okay, I got it. I hear you. Vulnerability is our strength. Vulnerability is at the core of being stronger. And with as many times as I've been hurt, I still stand today and say being vulnerable is the most valuable thing that I could have ever have made a decision to do. And it is our greatest asset that we have because if we're not – if I'm not truthful, if I wasn't truthful with saying I don't know what to do and I need help, then there is no room for the person to come and help me. There is no room because I have to also state I actually don't know what to do. I need help would, is totally different than me making it clear that I don't know what to do. Being honest with the world is a game of being honest with ourselves. The art of becoming stronger is about being honest with ourselves. And understanding that some of the people and things that come to help us don't exactly look like what we wanted because we're expecting it in a different way. I expected my best friend to come on a riding horse and save me. I was like, for sure. It's going to be my mother. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be my father. Absolutely. For sure. Totally. Ride on that horse and come get my ass. Come get me. That is not the way it happened. Not even remotely close. The, the resource, the it, the person, the help, The safety, the next step doesn't look like what we want, doesn't look like what we've imagined, comes in forms that we're not prepared for. But man, it is those forms that serve us the most. And if we're not willing, our heart can't yield to what's happening. So then Tuesday turns into Wednesday, turns into Friday, turns into next Tuesday. One week, the first of the month is now the 13th of the month, is now the 19th of the month is the 22nd. And we're like, wait, what? And in our minds, we're like, but well, I'm working on some things. I'm doing this, that, and the other. And <laughs> this guy's this, coming in. But the truth of the matter is that that's not it. That's a delusional statement. You know, that's not the truth. I want you to just take a moment and just think about this question, just for yourself, like for real, for real, legit, for real. Like in all transparency, in all transparencies, ask yourself, how many times in the last seven days, in the last week, in the last two weeks, in the last four weeks, in the last seven weeks, how many times have I actually asked for help? How many times have I actually asked for help? That's first. Second, and this is really, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a you test. It's like a us test. The second question is, like, for real, for real? How many people right around me know exactly what's going on? How many people know what I'm trying to fight for? How many people around me know what's not working? How many people around me know that I'm in trouble? How many people around me know I'm in pain? How many people know, around me know? And whenever I think about that question, like the question that comes right around it, is slightly different because I could be like, you know what, Wom, I told my spouse and I told my kid and that's important. But the problem with that is that that's not being vulnerable because neither of them respectively have the ability to help me. So then we're like, yeah, I'm being vulnerable. I'm telling people, I told my spouse, my kids, I told my goddaughter, I told the people who are comfortable around me and these people who are comfortable around me I'm going to tell them and they're going to have it, but I'm going to tell you what. Those people don't have the ability to help us. They care for us. They can cheerlead for us. They can encourage us. But they actually, and and you know, there. I know out there in the world there's exceptions to every rule, but I'll tell you, I've been trying to mom and figure it out for 18 years. Jada's going to be 18 years old. I'm not new to this journey. I'm not new to fighting for me. And and it's tough for someone to tell me different that 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 person has the capacity because I've never seen it. For me, in my story, when I went to the people who created the most fear for me because they could judge me, because they could ridicule me, because they could reject me, and I went vulnerable there in those arenas, that's when the magic happened that's when I got answers in how to and let me help you, let me guide you. Or let me at least point you in the right direction to the next step. Let me spend an extra 10 seconds with you. Let me, you know what? Let me call you on a Saturday. Let me hit you up after I'm done with my workday, killing the world and doing all these amazing things. I will give you my time for 22 minutes on Wednesday night because they have the capacity because they're strong enough to carry me because they're ahead of me, or they're stronger than me. The key of being vulnerable is that you've got to be vulnerable in the midst of strength. You've got to be vulnerable in the midst of some type of strength. That's true vulnerability. If you're vulnerable always around other people who are not being vulnerable to, or they're weak or weaker, then that's not really helpful. Because you need the, weak, the strength identifies the weakness and it pulls it up strength identifies the weakness and it pulls it up. It's just like when you see in those movies, like there's this big person and we have to walk like 25 miles. And then all of a sudden they turn around and pick up the child and like put them on their shoulder. And then they take them the next two, three miles. It's because they identify this is the weakest of our group, or this is the weakest here. We don't shame them for them for it. We don't leave them behind for it. No, we carry them. We give them rest and we help them so that that way they can then go and continue on. That's why it's so important to understand what your strong elements are around you and your strong people around you. So that way you can put them on your back or they can put you on their back and carry you. In business for me, sometimes that has been me understanding digital marketing, Facebook ads, In life, that might have been understanding wealth, streams of of income, multiple streams of income. In some aspects of my life, that's physical strength. That's, hey, I spent a year in and out of the hospital. I got some serious problems. I, I got some serious body strengthening to do. Here's what's really going on inside of my charts. You're stronger than me. You can carry me. You can help me. You can support me. You can encourage me. You can for real encourage me because you know what's on the other end. For the person who's behind me, they can encourage me, but they don't really know where they're going. Which is why it's good, but it's not enough. True vulnerability is you being vulnerable in front of the arenas and areas that matters. Getting strong and stronger is about asking for more help. Being strong and stronger is about using the resources around us and being okay with the fact and knowing that rejection is possible, but the fight that we're in is worth it. I had to get to a point where the rejection, I knew, yes, I might be rejected. I get it. And I knew that not only I might be rejected, but I might be ridiculed and so many other things. But I knew what was on the other end. Like I knew what was, what was possible if I could. I knew what was possible. I knew what was possible. I knew that what I wanted was on the other side, which is why I needed to just sit my butt over here and be clear on what's on the other side and be willing because it was worth it. That is at the center of doing the damn thing or not. I became fixated on what I was fighting for, which allowed me the ability to to become vulnerable as a creature, as a business owner, then as a woman, as a mother. The roles that actually matter to me, the things that matter because I'm not playing the game to sort of win. I'm not playing this game to sort of win. I can't sort of win. I have to actually win. I need to like legit for real, for real win. I can't play around with almost not winning. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. There's just too much at stake. Part of the other, the other side of this is I had to get rid of people who thought that vulnerability was weakness. Because there were a lot of people in my life at that time, they're like, no, 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 what are you doing? Don't ask for help. We don't do that. Keep things to yourself. Don't tell people your business. Don't talk about what's going on. Keep it inside. What stays at home happens at home. All these other stuff. That was the most dangerous type talk and behavior ever. That is the most dangerous ever. I had to get rid of those people. I had to go a chapter in my life where they could not talk to me anymore. It's not that I talk to them less. I want everyone to hear I don't want you to think that I just distanced myself from them. And I just went, I'm just going to talk a little bit. And, and I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep it cool and cordial. No, I was like, block. I was like, I'm going to move and you're not getting my home address. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I have a brand new phone number. Changed my phone number. Did not give it to anybody. Because I'm either going to fight for this thing or I'm not. I'm not playing the game to sort of win. You can't play the game to sort of win. And there's no way that you can play the game to sort of win. There's no room for it. There's no time. But getting rid of the things that force us to fall, that force us to trip, for me, it was like once I understood that this vulnerability thing had some power, even though I was scared to, like, stupid land. I was. I was, like, scared to stupid land about doing it again. I was. Because when I did it the first time, there were a lot of repercussions. It was not pretty. There were a lot of tough things that happened in my life, but I was like, but, but I also saw the good things that happened and I was like, I'm going to do this vulnerability thing I get, but it was like, man, I will do the vulnerability thing again. And then I had family members like, you can't do that. You can't tell people your business. You can't put yourself out there. You can't, who do you think you are? And then their insecurities, they try to make my insecurities. You can't do that because it reflects on me. Well, if it affects on you, then that's your problem. That's not my problem. That is your problem. You need to manage that. Don't have me manage it. In that, without the second part, getting rid of the people. Now, does that mean that I didn't extend invitations to some of them to reenter my life? For sure. I absolutely did. Years later, after I became strong, not two months later, years later, years later, when I won when I was over here, when you could do all that, but it's not going to affect Tiffany Larky anymore. It's not going to have an impact because I am now too strong for that weakness and those insecurities. And you could feel that and you could have your own impact on that. And I didn't have to be bothered. When I say it's never a lack of resources, I truly, truly mean it's never a lack of resources. Like we absolutely... We think that it's more planning, more strategy, more tactics, more something. It's not. It's us. Owning ourselves, owning all of us, being clear that it's all of us, all of it, all of me, all of this, and knowing that I'm powerful and knowing that I have value and knowing that I'm going to choose me. I have to choose me. Getting stronger is owning your story. Owning your story is your own ability to be the most powerful version of yourself, not just the greatest version. And for people out there who say, Tiffany, it's not a fight. Like hell, it's not a fight. It's always a fight. You have to fight for your happiness. You have to fight. Hell, we're still fighting hundreds of years later for me to be equal to be black in the United States of America. I have to be I have to fight for it. I have to demand it. I have to be clear that I am valuable and I know my value. I don't need you to define my value. I have to be clear on facts like it is okay for me to be vulnerable. I have to constantly be clear that yes, I do need help because I have to fight myself sometimes because there are times where I'm like I don't want it. I don't need help. At this point in my game I shouldn't need any help. At this age I shouldn't need any help. I should have it all figured out. No, a lot of times, even in the last couple of years, I definitely don't have it figured out. I absolutely need help. But I have to fight myself. I have to fight myself for that standing principle. Nope, I do need help. Vulnerability is my strength. And I'm either playing the game to win or I'm not. But it's a choice, and I've got to make the choice, and I've got to be committed to making the choice. I've got to be committed to doing the damn thing. I've got to be committed Third, last but definitely not least, is take an inventory. Who is in your circle? What is around you? There was a time seven years ago where I didn't have it. Eight years ago, I definitely did not have it. And I was like, I'm actually, for real, for real, I'm alone. Like, I got people who care about me, and they say they care about me, but if I was in trouble, they could not help me. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know how to do it. It's like I wanted to have friends, like, like one of the biggest mistakes that I had was trying to build a circle of people who were friends to be vulnerable with who didn't also own a business or they weren't fighting for their dreams. If I'm fighting for my dreams, you're not fighting for your dreams. We really actually have nothing in common. We're, we're just holding on to the past. We're holding on to insecurities of what happens when there's room. But if you live a life where you're happy and you're nine to five making $27,000 a year, but you're complaining about not being able to travel, not being able to buy said car and whatever else it is, but you don't see the incongruency and you're like, oh, I'm not doing that. That's too much work. Yeah. We have nothing in common, period. There's a period at the end of that. We actually have zero in common, Zero. Zero in common, period. And, and me checking myself in that way, because I had a lot of people and peers that I knew from growing up, and it's like, yeah, I own a seven-figure business now, and not that I'm rolling around in seven figures in cash in my bank account, but my lifestyle was definitely different. And I was like, wow, I'm lonely over here. It sucks over here. And I was like, nobody, I couldn't really be open with anybody because it was like, you don't even understand my dreams. You wouldn't even care about it because I see the other things are possible. It's like, oh, I need to be around other people who – want to dream, oh my God, how am I gonna find those people? I gotta be around those people. I need those people in my life. Today I'm grateful every day because I have killer kick ass friends who are some of them who are dreaming even bigger than I am. And and they're they're what they've accomplished is one thing, but it's not really what they're accomplished. It's their ability to dream. It's not really about the check boxes of what they have. It's the fact that they dream too. Which means it's like that last piece is something I had to be vulnerable to acquire. And I look back to my five closest friends. The first time they met me and spent 20 seconds with me, I started with my story. And I became vulnerable first. And all five of them who are either male, female, white, black, they're in arenas far from me today, they were like, flip. She was vulnerable. She opened up to me because I had made myself conscious. I was like, I know I'm a great friend. I need to go and find other people who I can connect with and build a really great relationship with that adds value. And I add value to them, so it was a conscious effort. But I was like, I got to go first if I really want this because that's the other part of it. I really wanted it because I had spent so many years without it. So it was like, if I really want this thing, I got to go first. So the first maybe 10, 15 times that I saw someone and I was like, man, your values look like they're close to my values and you dream and you own a business. I'm going to go first. And I think about some of the greatest friendships that I have in my life. And I'll be honest with you, they're probably some of the greatest friends I've ever had in my life. Like the greatest humans that I've ever had. Like I think about Candace, who was my best friend, Candice D'Angelo and Mark Stoner, who has poured, I mean... If I pick up the phone and I say, Hey, listen, I need, I have J. Like I can think of five people that if I was like, listen, this just happened. I'm in trouble. This is what I need. Two things. Number one, my vulnerability has allowed them to be vulnerable, which means that we have a two way street relationship. Number two, they run a business or a world like mine. So if it was like, listen, I'm in trouble. I need $15,000. It's not a crazy ask for them. And it's not because they're swimming in cash. It's because they know that if I'm asking for money, I'm in a lot of trouble. That's number one. And number two, they are on the inside of me. So they know what I would, if it's a real problem, if I'm serious, if I'm not serious. The other part of it is that I can give them the backstory, the forward story, and it's all okay. Okay. You know many times in my life with people who I can't give them the backstory because the backstory is too raw, it's too awkward, it's too crazy. I can't give them the other story because it's too raw, it's too crazy, it's too whatever. So I just kind of try and give them this part of it because this is what they could handle. But it's like you, having people in your life who can handle all of you doesn't have to be at a price point. They don't have to be making a certain amount of dollars one of the people in my life they don't own a business they make their own six figures and they're their own successful person but trust and believe they dream all day long it's like you that last piece is independent of male female it's independent of everything else but it's where we start i decided when i woke up one day and i literally looked at the people around me no lie I looked at the people around me and I said, okay, who's around me? Who can I be vulnerable with like that, like an attack? And I was like, okay. And Mark was a client. And one day I was like, well, listen, he'll tell you the truth. He's like, I was like, listen, I'm going to, you're going to be my best friend. Okay. So I'm going to tell you something deep and dark. That's it. It was like, I'm going to go first. You can go when you're ready, but I need to. And, and, and that that's it the art of getting strong takes effort and it takes it takes effort sure but, but it, it, it really just takes willingness it, it doesn't it doesn't actually have to be much more than that and the real question like right now at this very moment is are you willing Man, have I told you how glad I am that you're here? Like, real talk, have I flipping told you how glad I am that you are here? You have listened. This is the part of the show where I say, go follow us, go find us, go follow us, go stalk us, but just make sure that we're connected. Head to do the damn thing.tv, do the damn thing.life, or just go hang out on, on tiffanylargy.com. If we are not friends on Facebook, if you. Have not liked our Instagram page, go do that because you're going to want to see what we're doing, how we're doing, and how we're doing the damn thing daily.